Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And speaking of traveling the world, we're actually here in San Juan del Sur in beautiful Nicaragua. And we got this hotel right along the beach, overlooking the Pacific for only 20 US dollars. So it's really a steal. And since I'm here on the patio, I got to show you this beautiful view. So there we are, the Pacific Ocean right in front of us. We see some incredible sunsets uh, pretty much every night. And we're here for about a week, enjoying the beach, the sand, the surf, and of course, the beautiful blue skies in the midst of February. And I'm actually from uh, Vancouver, BC, Canada originally. And in uh, Vancouver at this time, it's usually cloudy, rainy, overcast. So I'm super grateful for this opportunity to be traveling here in the midst of uh, winter or our Canadian winter. And uh, while we're traveling, we actually love interviewing fellow parents, uh, fellow entrepreneurs on our show. And we actually have one on the show today. And uh, he's taken fatherhood to a whole nother level. Uh, his name is Brandon, and he's the founder of Fatherhood for the Rest of Us. And uh, his big passion is uh, helping support dads and marriages and families. And uh, that's, of course, one of my big passions as well with my Daddy Blogger website. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing uh, Brandon's insights all about fatherhood, especially from the angle, if you don't uh, have a good father yourself, how can you actually become a good father uh, to your own kids? So looking forward to hearing Brandon's insights on this one. He actually has a podcast as well, and I'm a guest on his show, uh, so make sure you check out that episode. I'll have the link below. Uh, so, Brendan, uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, my friend? Riggy, I am great, man. Thanks for having me. And I noticed a couple things, though. Uh, we did not color coordinate, but we are color coordinated. We didn't set this up ahead of time. I think that's pretty awesome. And, I, I mean, I love talking to you, but I, I almost wonder, can we, can we just keep watching the ocean while we talk? I feel like uh, I'd love to be down there with you. 20 bucks a night, man. How did how'd you manage that? That's awesome. Yeah, well, you know, traveling in Central America is quite cheap to travel. And it's actually cheaper than, tra than living back in Canada. When I look at all the costs, I'm like, okay, buses are like one US dollar for like one hour journey. Food is about four to five US dollars. Our accommodation here for a private room with a bathroom is 20 US dollars. And that's pretty average. You can get you know, 30 or 40 US, sometimes you can get like 15 US. Uh, we're kind of in the mid range with the 20 US per night, but it's very normal here in Nicaragua, Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras. So uh, it's actually quite cheap to travel in this part of the world, as opposed to somewhere like Europe or uh, Australia, or of course, North America, where we're both from. So highly recommend travel to, uh, you know, Southeast Asia is even cheaper than here, Central South America and, uh, and Africa. Those would be the, the big three recommendations. And it was not planned. It was not planned with this uh, whole uh, color coordination. I did see that you actually do the the tank top trio. <laughs> tank top trio, yeah. <laughs> Your white tank tops. Uh, so yes, it was yes. here that we did the the dual blue t-shirt day. Right, right. That's right. That's right. Uh, so, uh, Brendan, uh, it'd be great to firstly get to know you each other before we do a deeper dive into the whole area of fatherhood and family. Uh, why didn't we get to know you? As a person, why didn't we share a little bit more about yourself? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, um, you've already hit on it. I do a, I do a podcast for fatherhood. Um, I run a group for fatherhood as well on Facebook. And, um, you know, that was kind of inspired by a complete accident. Uh, while, while it was true that I love being a father, uh, I just wanted to start a podcast and I didn't know what I was going to start a podcast on. I wanted to monetize my passion. I wanted to, you know, uh, dive right into it. 
And while I was niching and ratcheting down into my niche and going through, you know, what kind of, I was like, can I do technology? And I'm like, technology changes so quick all the time. Like, I mean, what if I picked the wrong one, <laughs> right? If I picked the wrong one to follow, it's gone in six months. And so, uh, you know, I decided not to do technology. And um, the only other thing that I really thought that could keep my attention long enough was uh, being a dad and, and um, really enjoying that process and that journey and sharing a little bit of my backstory with not having a father, being raised by, um, I'd just call her a hippie mom, but, you know, just somebody that, you know, listen, I was born in San Francisco in the late 70s, and most of us older generation knows what that place was like uh, around then. And um, so I have a little bit of a different perspective than uh, I think a lot of a lot of more of, of the mainstream um, fathers may uh, just due to that. Right. You know, being being taught uh, all about vibrate you know you see it all you see it. what's funny is you see a lot of it now being taught all about being mindful and being aware and all these things are things that i was raised hearing all the time and of course you know when we're young we're like what are you even talking about and uh now um and and you know now i i hear it all the time and i am uh implementing all of these things of, of having uh, an awareness and being mindful and just seeing how much that's showing up in um showing up as a father, uh, making a huge impact on, on being a father. So it's a little bit of the backstory. Yeah, and uh, we definitely have a kindred spirits there, Brendan, because uh, I grew up with a lack of a father figure too. My parents had a terrible marriage. There was domestic violence, adultery, and uh, really I, I was a broken kid. I got voted at Moshai in high school. And uh, part of uh, you know why I love travel so much nowadays is because travel really opened me up. And uh, you know my spiritual faith helped me to forgive my father. And then, uh, you know, uh, writing about father on my blog and uh, really, uh, I guess, catharsis, uh, that's, that was really uh, healing modalities. And, of course, the whole community of uh, men, uh, other dads who can uh, relate and identify with your struggles, that really helps as well. Uh, so I'd love to hear uh, your own uh, backstory of, uh, you know, uh, fatherlessness because I think it's very important for dads to be sh uh, sharing vulnerably about this topic because a lot of dads struggle with these same issues that you and I do but they don't actually share it publicly. So if you don't mind sharing a little bit of your backstory. Well, I mean, yeah, so the deal is, is it's kind of funny, uh, I, I'm not funny, but yeah, my dad was an abusive man. And uh, what happened was that my mom, you know, was the, you know, she took on that burden. I don't know what you call it. She was the person who was being abused. And there was a point where he started to turn from her towards the children. And uh, that's when, you know, she's like, no, that's not going to happen. And, you know, she she left. She left them. And so I wasn't uh, and that was, you know, that was before I was even four. And so that meant that I didn't have to grow up in that environment. But what it did mean was that I grew up without a biological father. And you kind of flash forward. I didn't have there was never a steady. Uh, oftentimes there was rarely a steady um environment like living environment we we're always kind of moving from one place to another and there was rarely uh a strong um male role model i mean later in life we ended up living with my grandparents my grandfather was really awesome you know he was a great role model for me but that's still not your biological father and, and when you're growing up you're still thinking you know i don't know about you and how close you were to your father at any point if at all and when you're when the divorce took place but you know since mine took place so so early I always had this imagination, you know, my grand, you know, my father's off doing something awesome and amazing. He's an amazing guy. And, 
you know, uh, he, I don't know. You know, there was never really too many thoughts of like, why isn't he in my life? I just figured, you know, I put him in a heroic uh, space, even though I didn't even know him. Um, and, and I think that's a lot better actually than how it could have been where, like I said, uh, the, the opportunity to have grown up in an abusive household was there and I was spared that. And, um, there was a point when I was actually able to meet him, which was, which was kind of interesting. Uh, I found him online when I was 19, I had a social security number and it was around 97, 98 where the internet was just like this bare place. You could go directly to the social security site and for 15 bucks, look up somebody's social security number. And that's what I did. And I called him up, had a conversation with him, And, um, Probably about six months later, a year later, I was driving past. Uh, he he was still into drugs and he was still um, in bad shape. And he was at a um, he was at a VA hospital. I was driving past the VA hospital with my, a friend of mine. I said, "Holy smokes, Kelly! My my dad may be back there. Let's turn around and go see if he's there." And uh, you know, sure enough, we were able to find our way to the front desk of the VA hospital. Asked if he was there. And uh, I, I got the opportunity to meet him. He was a little bit shorter and stockier than I thought he would be. And, um, you know, a little less glamorous than I'd envisioned him in my entire life. But uh, I had the opportunity to meet him. And, uh, you know, it's it's really surreal when that opportunity uh, presents itself. Because what do you say to somebody um, who you've only thought of your entire life and, and has never really been there? And then on, on top of that, you know, so we just – said hey basically said hey what's up and uh he passed away three months later uh so i don't know about uh you and me and all these other woo-woo things that we talk about uh fate and destiny um but what are the odds right that, that something like that happens and you get the opportunity to uh you know meet your meet your um father in that kind of situation and uh you know after that having children on my own and you know figuring out how to be a father on my own it's 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 still a work in progress it's still a work in progress and i think that you as, as are well aware that we're still figuring that out as uh we join these men's groups as we have these conversations i think what's imperative is to have these conversations with other men open yourself up a little bit uh and and then you you kind of find out that you're not alone in this process right you're not the only one going what the hell do i do next you're not the only one saying um uh you know feeling like you're taking on the whole world and and then finding out that you actually don't have to be trying to take on the world by yourself uh and once you kind of figure out some of those those things on your own uh as a father it becomes easier to be a father uh and you start to develop a self-confidence um and awareness of yourself and uh, you know, just just have a little bit of trust and faith that you're going to be a good dad as long as you're, you know, not kicking your kids. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing uh, that uh, backstory there. Uh, curious to know, uh, you know, uh, how did you not repeat the mistakes of your own dad? Because this is what happens with a lot of uh, uh, children from broken homes; they just repeat the same uh, mistakes. Um, you see, you see it with the the gun shootings and the rapists, the murderers, when you really interview them and do a deeper dive into the psychology, a lot of them come from a broken home and absent fathers. So tell us about how you re uh, prevented the repetition. I, well, I didn't. 
<laughs> I did a lot of the same things that he did, even without him being there. Um, you know, there was there was drugs, there was alcohol, there was women, there was all all these things that um, you know, that he did. Uh, even though I wasn't directly influenced by him. Uh, however, where where things differed is that uh, I was not abused the way that he was, so I didn't have to break a cycle. I just the cycle never occurred for me and. To be honest with you, I'm, I was lucky in, in, in that aspect. Uh, and as far as like relationships go, I didn't have to witness how he handled a relationship. Instead, I was able to witness my grandparents' relationship uh, uh, is actually kind of what I held in high regard. And uh, coupled with the fact that my wife has uh, great parents as well who have you know, been married for over 50 years, I've got examples of, of kind of what that looks like. I've got a different um, model to use other than, um, you know, I was able to select my own model, right? And, and say, hey, this is what I really want to be doing. Yeah, that, that's a, a great insight there into uh, learning from other successful dads. Sometimes it's a grandparent, sometimes it's an uncle, a cousin, even not a bloodline, but just a, another uh, strong father figure. Uh, so tell us about the shift. You said you were repeating uh, some of those mistakes and you shifted. Uh, what, what happened in terms of a mental, emotional, spiritual, uh, practical level to actually make you shift and change? I think that uh, you know, once, once you reach a certain age, you, you realize that there's a couple paths you can go down. Right? You realize you can um, you know, keep doing what you're doing and sooner or later uh, it, it's going to catch up with you or realize that you want a little bit more out of life and uh, a different life than than the one that you've been leading because you're just kind of doing the hamster wheel thing there's really no fulfillment there's no purpose there's really no reason to get up every day except for to go drink get messed up and do something stupid and and uh yeah i don't know there's is really it's it's kind of an easy choice when you present it to yourself as long as you as long as you take the moment to reflect on where you're at and uh so that's that's what i did um Real simple. Awesome. No, uh, congratulations, uh, you know, for uh, now uh, focusing on uh, becoming a good dad, but now, of course, inspiring a whole generation of other good dads through your community, uh, through your social media, through your podcast, your coaching, and more. Uh, so tell us about the whole origin of fatherhood for the rest of us. How did you firstly come up with the name? Tell us a little bit about the etymology of the name. Yeah, so we have churches we've got men's groups we've got a whole bunch of other places that uh we may or may not feel like we belong or bars or essentially just other groups what i find though and even in conversations with many people uh is that if they're a member of a church or another group there's a certain there's kind of a certain way that you've got to act right let's say you're you go to a church how how you know how do you do you, now, Ricky, if you don't mind, do you belong to any church or organization? Do you have a, a, a certain spirituality? Yeah, we can definitely get into that on your podcast, but I grew up Hindu, and okay. in my early years, I actually became a Christian, and that has to do with my whole story of forgiving my father. And now, uh, yeah, we are uh, active Christians. Okay. On our travel, it's hard to go to church regularly, but yeah, that's a strong part of who I am now is my uh, identity, my spiritual identity. Yeah, fair enough. So, I mean, I think that... Um, in certain churches, as as a Christian, when you go in there, there's a certain a certain um, 
person that you're supposed to be, right? And and sometimes you just don't fit in with the church that you go to. And so even if it's supposed to be a, a place and a space where you're supposed to, it's supposed to be judge free and you're supposed to be able to share yourself and, and, and let all that go, you can't, you know, you don't feel like you can, you don't feel that safety, you don't feel that comfort. And so um, that's why I call it fatherhood for the rest of us. Cause here's a place where, you know what, you haven't found your space. Uh, you feel like, you know, that there's a space that's being held for you. There's a space that's available for you. Uh, if you don't fit into, uh, I watch football, I watch sports, I drink beer, um, I go to church. If you don't, you know, if you just really just want to focus on uh, becoming a better father through nearly any whatever means that is, uh, is it through, is it through finding your spirituality, stepping into your faith, and and holding uh, holding that uh, a little bit stronger? Is it in um, just having a better diet is it in uh finding a mindfulness practice whatever it is you kind of need to do as a father to grow that's what fatherhood for the rest of us is yeah i, I love it i love it because uh, i i never fully fit in even in uh, the churches i uh, i've been attending i don't really fit in with the whole christian bubble i'm too much of a free spirit i guess this this is a nomad world traveler kind of person but uh yeah i never fully relate to the the church people or just uh, any any community fully. Uh, so I always kind of felt like the lone wolf, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, so, so I think it's very important what you're doing and uh, uh, what other dads and other uh, father communities are doing around the world uh, to really uh, show that dads can and have communities that they can feel a part of and they won't be judged, they won't be criticized, they won't be looked down on, they'll just be accepted for who they are. So good on you, good on you for what you've uh, done what you're continuing to do and what you will continue to do into the future so walk us through uh you you had this idea and uh tell us about uh from the idea it's one thing to have the stuff happening in your brain whole other thing to implement it and get it out there into the world so good on you for implementing uh starting the podcast the facebook group um your uh, coaching programs etc walk us through the whole implementation from idea to application i think i mean ricky i think that you see it uh I, I, it's, it's a lot like what you're doing here, right? Uh, you press the button and you go. You got to get out of your own way. I think that's the first and foremost. You got to press the button. You got to go. You got to believe that you've got the capability to grow into uh, whoever it is that you believe you can be, you, whoever it is you believe you can be. Um, and you got to put it out there. You know, and, until you put it out there, then it doesn't exist, right? I mean, you just kind of put pen to paper. Uh, and if pen to paper doesn't work for you, you just start you just start building your parachute as you fall, and and you know you attract like they say. What did I say? Like attracts like. I I can't tell you how many people I've interviewed with or been on the show with who have come from such similar backgrounds, uh, abusive fathers, uh, you know, uh, broken home. I don't really call them broken homes, but like attracts like. Um, when you put yourself out there, you're gonna end up having conversations with so many people who are like you. And you can find ways to help them, and they can find ways to help you, and and that's really what I'm doing uh, with my podcast. It's a matter of having these honest conversations, uh, because as you mentioned earlier, not not every man and not every father is willing to have these conversations. But if they can hear that these conversations are happening, if they can fall upon one of these conversations and realize that uh, they are happening, it may inspire them to have one or two of, of them on their own. 
And they may also find something in those conversations that helps them. They may say, you know, that may be the day that they realize that, um, you know, they have the ability to break a chain or they have the ability to set their own destination point. And that's, I mean, that's really the gist of it. And if I don't do it, if, if, if not me, then who? That's the, the perfect way to look at it. If not now, then when? If not me, then who? If not here, then where, right? So great, great philosophy there, Brendan. Uh, so tell us about uh, what have you learned? Uh, you've been interviewing all these dads. You've been, uh, you know, hearing about the challenges, the struggles, how they overcome it. So I'd love to hear and pick your brain because you've been front row, right in center, uh, being the host of your show and really doing a deeper dive into all of these uh, men's issues. Uh, what have you learned yourself? I mean, I've, I, to be honest with you, I've just learned that you, you got to be patient. You got to um, sometimes let go of some of the expectations that uh, we're going to put out on the children. We've got to continue to learn and evolve. We've got to, I think some of the biggest things that I've learned over the past year, for, first and foremost, is like mindfulness and how big that shows up. Um, being involved in some type of community, having your children see you as a role model, modeling the behaviors you would like to see for your children is something that that's shown up huge. Um, living a dream so that you can tell your children to live a dream because otherwise they're going to see somebody else dreaming and use their them as a role model. So I think what you're doing is pretty awesome because you're teaching your kids uh, more than to just sit behind a desk and, and, you know, do schoolwork and, and live, uh, do a factory job type of thing, right? You're teaching them how to go out and explore the world and see what else is out there versus what they're just being told is out there. And I think that that's uh, I think that's really important having this experiential learning for our children, and not just uh, this book stuff. And um, I, th I think there was one other one, um, but it eludes me right now. I I've learned so much, Ricky, over the past year uh, that it's just it's still sinking in, man. It's really still sinking in. Yes, uh, you know, uh, you get overwhelmed by all of these interviews and all these insights, and uh, uh, but it, it comes out there. You know, you, you're, you're definitely uh, absorbing it and uh, processing it and internalizing it uh, to some degree. Uh, so, Brendan, uh, tell us about uh, how you're able to actually coach men who have come from a similar background as you. Uh, walk us through uh, your, your coaching and how does that look like? I mean, the coaching, it, it's, it's going to be individualized, right? Uh, I've got to have a conversation with you to see whether or not you, you even have this desire, an inkling of a desire to make progress in your life, to to want to put in the hard work because I can't I can't want something more for you than you want it, right? Um, and so you know just kind of go through the process of, of exploring what the ideal fatherhood is going to look like for you and how how do we make that possible? What are some of the steps that we can what are some of the steps that we can take in that? And in all honesty, the steps that we take forward and the progress that we make in fatherhood and at home, they're going to show up in your business. They're going to show up in your community. I don't know about you, but if you're feeling more confident at home with your wife and your children, is that not showing up everywhere else? Yeah. So, so I mean, that, 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 that's, that's the, the big, I, I mean, if we go back to what have I learned, the biggest thing that I've learned is really truly put that focus in on your family. And if you do that, and if you're passionate about that, and if you if you do do that, 
that is going to show up at the workplace. That is going to show up in the community. And it's a lot better feeling. There's more fulfillment when you can show up in people's lives as authentic and as human versus as just a um, steady income. Yeah, and uh, you know the inverse, the reverse is true as well. Uh, you know, when you're uh, not showing up in your marriage or when you're having a lot of uh, problems or fighting there, it actually shows up in every other area. Uh, you yeah. struggle with business, you struggle with your, uh, you struggle with your work, you struggle with your health, your mindset. Right. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, both the positive affects everything else positively and the negative and the struggles affect everything else negatively. So we're definitely not a silo. Uh, one area affects all the other areas uh, so tell us about your marriage then. How are you actually nurturing your marriage? Because a lot of us dads will be so passionate about fatherhood, we'll focus on our kids. A lot of us moms, a lot of the moms, they'll focus so much on their uh, motherhood or mothering and nurturing that they'll neglect the marriage. And this is why a lot of our marriages fail in the very formative years of parenting. Uh, tell us right. a little bit about well, your marriage. It's, e it's easy, it's easy for, for those first years to get lost in the fold. Because, I mean, the the, the children are brand new. You have no idea. You're just trying not to kill them, man. Um, so when you're busy not, not trying to kill the child because that's the worst thing you can do, right? You, you just really focus on on keeping them alive and everything's child-centric. And then there gets to a point where there is kind of a point where like, well, what's happening with our relationship? We're just passing each other at night. We're not really doing anything else other than raising children. And this is kind of where the opportunity is to uh, a, take a step back, uh, invest a little bit of time in yourself, give your time a little bit, of, uh, give yourself as a father a little bit of time and space. Uh, make sure that your wife is getting a little time and space for herself as well. And then make sure that you're um, actually putting the relationship back into focus. And it's not something that can happen automatically uh, and, and just get back to right where it left off. Because, you know, we, we go, hear the kids, you know, the kids are just kind of the, the main focus. Then you're like, hey, what about you? And they're like, hey, what about you? And, and you're like, all right, let's get back together. What do you think? You want to, you want, you know, let's, let's fire this thing back up. And and so it takes a little bit of time. It's almost like you're redating each other. But you have to make sure that you put your relationship first, uh, almost ahead of the kids. Um, because you guys are going to have each other, you know, when the kids are gone, right? The kids are going to leave eventually. And you don't want to have to. You don't want to have to, like, uh, in 18, 20 years, uh, but get, get all the kids out the door, uh, kick back, put up a drink, and look over at the other person and, you know, fist bump them and say, good job on you. And you kind of do. You're like, hey, good job. Uh, but at the same time, you want to be like, all right, cool. Let's go do something. Let's go. Let's go. Let's let's keep up with this relationship that we've been doing. Um, and, I, and I think that the other thing is, too, it's really important is that you, you both have, like, your own interests, Ricky. Like, I mean, you're interested – and doing what you're doing and i'm sure your wife you know when you guys are out there traveling she doesn't want to hang out with you all the time man i mean she loves you but she doesn't want to be attached to you right so she's got some of her own interests and that really makes it really cool because you come back later in the day or the week and you've both gone out and you've explored different things and you can have conversations about what you've seen yeah i love the term uh, redate your spouse redate hashtag redate and, uh, you know, obviously uh, nurturing the marriage, but also nurturing each of your individual interests and uh, passions and hobbies. So uh, great uh, insights there. Uh, so a closing question here, Brendan. I uh, wanted to know, like, uh, if there's some dads who are watching who are feeling like, okay, I'm just repeating the mistakes of my dad and I don't know what to do. Obviously, some tips are, you know, read your blog, listen to your podcast, join the group. But anything on terms of a practical level, what they should do 
to get support and get help so they don't repeat the mistakes of their dad in terms of being fatherless and being a bad father themselves. I, I think that the biggest thing is uh, really making some time for yourself. Uh, a lot of people call it self-care. I just ran into a guy who, instead of calling it self-care, because uh, not, not a bunch of guys like to hear this, that term, right? Because uh, we're, we're manly men. And so maybe self-dev, self-development, really um, just invest some time in yourself. Uh, an hour a day uh, of you know maybe some exercise, some mindfulness, meditation, some reading something that is that is your hour where you know the kids aren't pulling on you you love them to death but you know where you've got that space for you and i think that uh if, if you don't believe that you've got that time i think you're mistaken you got to be able to find that time uh you can make that time what uh you know for example what i do is is i set my alarm for five o'clock in the morning just so i can get an hour by myself uh and if i don't take that time and I get frustrated throughout the day. I don't. You need that time for yourself as well, and that's that's I think a the primary tip for for all fathers out there. Well, you know, uh, we are not just the dynamic duo with the blue t-shirts. We got that dynamic trio. That. Yeah, it's a good color, man. It's a good color. Wearing the blue t-shirts, and that was not planned. Yeah. Uh, daughter, actually, ironically enough, this is so weird. And look at this. Yeah. Man, did you guys go in like I think you I think you sent him in to put those shirts on? Yeah, he's wearing a blue t-shirt. Well, there's a chance, guys. Weird, isn't it? Synchronicity. That's right. <laughs> okay, so uh, it was great to uh, connect with you, Brandon. Uh, why don't we you know uh, your website? How people can uh, listen to your podcast? Yeah, your sure. You can find everything pretty much over at fatherhoodfortherestofus.com. And then if you're reaching out to me on Facebook, you can reach out to me at Brandon G. Hanley. And uh, Facebook group is fatherhoodfortherestofus.com. All right. You made it easy for us. Fatherhood for the rest of us. Yeah, it's, 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 it goes everywhere. Yes, perfect. So thank you again, Brandon. It was definitely great to connect with you, another passionate, active dad who's uh, not just doing it for themselves, but uh, helping support other dads. Uh, very inspired by your work. So keep it up, my friend. I appreciate that, Ricky. Thanks for having me on today. Thanks for bringing me down on the vacation. Look at that, man. It looks beautiful out there today. You requested for the beach view, so I got to show you. Absolutely gorgeous, man. Beautiful go. day. So, beautiful day, Ricky. Thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode. We'll catch up with you in the next one. I'll have the links below to Brendan's website, so follow Brendan along. Follow us along at daddyblogger.com, and we'll catch up with you guys in the next episode.